welcome everybody to another episode of CASDA EdCast. It's an ongoing series of podcasts that CASDA has been holding with educators in the field, with CASDA educational consultants, and with other folks who are related to public education. And today, our guest is the principal of Farnsworth Middle School in the Gilderland Central School District, and also co-chair of the CASDA Principal Center Board, uh, Mr. Mike Laster. Thanks, Mike, for being with us. Oh, thanks a lot, uh, Mike. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, our pleasure. And the kind of the genesis of, of asking Mike to join us was at a recent uh, principal's collaborative meeting. We were talking about the issues surrounding learning loss and acceleration of learning. And Mike had made some comments uh, about summer programming and kind of his approach to summer programming, which got me to think that we ought to have a deeper conversation about summer program and what that could look like and should look like for kids in the summer following a year uh, of the pandemic and a year of school being very different for most students. So Mike, I know that you have kind of been thinking about this coming summer and what you might offer students for program purposes. So can you talk a little bit about what your thought process is and you know, where, you know, where you're at with uh, putting that process into place? Yeah, sure, uh, thank you. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think traditionally the remedial summer school program approach is something that you're going to find typically in many school districts. Um, you know, we as a school district will be offering a summer bridge program uh, as a tier three intervention that will look uh, a lot like a traditional sort of remedial approach. Uh, however, we started talking about at the middle level, uh, especially coming off the pandemic, is there something we can do before the start of the school year where we could, we could you know, really create some enrichment activities for students where uh, we tend to their social emotional health and we get them ready uh, to get back to school uh, in a semi-normal condition uh, in the fall. So uh, conceptually, uh, we're looking at seeing how we can pull together some program where uh, you know, in my mind, it's, it's high interest, it's project-based, it's, it's combining a little bit of rigor and relevance, but uh, also having fun with the kids um, and just getting them ready to get back into school uh, because many of them have not been in the school setting for a year and a half. Um, so I want them to be comfortable. I want them to be, uh, get their legs underneath them a little bit, uh, almost, almost like a head start before we start school. So it sounds like you're emphasizing the social emotional aspect of learning in this uh, potential summer program over the academics. What's your, what's your thinking behind that? Absolutely. Um, I think academically, we have intervention programs uh, in place. My larger concern is the impact on our students' social emotional health that this pandemic has had. Uh, you know, I hear from some of our remote learners that, you know, the decrease in peer interactions alone that have occurred over the course of the last, you know, 12, 13, 14 months, uh, that's got to have an impact on a young person. 
So uh, we're looking at uh, collaborating with our counselors and our social workers um, to create uh, some type of uh, opportunities for them where we could really tend to their social emotional health. Uh, in addition, we're also uh, trying to embed some developmentally appropriate things for middle school learners, uh, executive functioning skills, organizational skills, time management, things like that. So um, these are things that our students have had to, had to do during the pandemic, but I have a feeling all of those things look a little different during the pandemic. So we have to get them back uh, back on track to, to, to come to school in person in the fall and really thrive. So uh, yeah, we're definitely taking a more uh, focused approach on, on the social emotional health of our learners during the summer programming uh, right before the start of school. So do you think if, if all goes well, there, there might be a greater emphasis in the regular school year in September and going forward? with that kind of approach, the, you know, really kind of looking at the whole child and emphasizing the needs of the whole child? Yeah, um, as a district, we are uh, potentially looking at implementing the uh, K-12 positivity project uh, across the district. Um, that is, that's a systems decision that came out of uh, one of our social emotional subcommittees uh, of our uh, re-entry re uh, committee, which is a district committee. So that social emotional group has done some research on different curriculums and different ways that we can embed some social emotional learning within the school year, um, which I'm very excited to see happening K-12. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the middle level, uh, you know, we, we always have a focus on the whole child, but it's nice to see that you know, K-5 learners will have some experiences in that vein. And then when we hand off our kids to the high school, they'll also have some experiences in that area as well. So so the Positivity Project is a, is a cur uh, curriculum that's already created and, and then it's implemented within a school district. Is that how that works? Correct. It's, uh, it's a curriculum that's outlined, uh, designed to, to promote character education, social emotional health. Um, and uh, complete with mini lessons and different uh, different type of activities that teachers uh, will be implementing in the classrooms K-12. So, Great. Excited about that. Yeah, it sounds exciting. And, you know, one of the things that we've been hearing a lot about and we've been reading a lot about is this notion of learning loss. And it's really, it's been covered a lot in the media, uh, in national media, local media, and then you'll read articles where there, and some of them are research-based and some are opinion, but you'll read articles where, you know, there's kind of this questioning of this whole notion of learning loss. And, you know, have, have students really not learned anything over the last year? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of juxtaposed to this idea of accelerating learning, which is really kind of building off of students' strengths and really trying to enrich their experience. Um, what are your thoughts about this idea of accelerating learning? Well, before I go there, I, I just wanna comment on the, the, um, the learning loss sort of popular term. Um, I, you know, it's a bit frustrating uh, to hear people refer to the learning loss because I think people need to recognize that number one, our, our students are not failing they're not losing learning, they're surviving a pandemic. Okay, so that's number one, that people need to understand that, that our students are experiencing things that, that none of us have ever experienced at that age. So 
Um, I think we need to take a step back and not, uh, not uh, you know, look at a more assets-based approach and a strength-based approach and really take a look at what our learners have done over the past of the 12, 13 months. Think about the shift they've had to make. Um, they've had to, to learn how to navigate platforms in a manner that, that they've never had to do before overnight. Um, they've had to be resilient. They've had to, they've had to you know, uh, collaborate in ways that they've never had to collaborate before. So I, I would argue that there are some lessons learned and some skills and some uh, habits of mind uh, that have been developed over the pandemic that I think as educators, we need to, we need to take those and build upon those. Mm -hmm. So, so, so when I think about how to build upon those, okay, well then that's, that, that gets us into the acceleration of learning aspect, right? So right. how can, how can we take the experiences and the activities that our learners have had over the last 12 or 13 months and build on those and accelerate those. So, um, you know, we're looking at opportunities to see how we can um, bring kids back, but also, you know, not worry about what was missed, but how can we continue to move forward? How can we continue to accelerate their learning in a manner that's relevant for them uh, and meaningful for them? Because that's what it's about. Um, I also, you know, I also look at the, the research and some of the literature that came out of Hurricane Katrina. Um, and when you looked at the students and, the, and the, some of the, um, you know, the, the, the gains that they had to made or make after Hurricane Katrina, it was actually less than expected. Um, you know, I think a lot of people thought that, you know, these kids after, you know, 13, 14 months of no education down there, well, it was only two, two to three grade levels on the average. So, I mean, I, th I, think that, I think that people need to take a step back and maybe perhaps take a look at a strength-based approach to returning to school and really building upon the, the, the new habits and the new knowledge that our kids have had this year. Good point. And, you know, it, it really, I think, puts schools in a, in a situation to define what what really should students be learning? What's important to learn? I mean, it's certainly above and beyond the academics that are tied to standards and state assessments, right? What's, what's yeah. important to learn on a life skill level? And it sounds like your summer program that you're, that you're um, contemplating and, and hopefully uh, going to be implementing is, is about that, is, is really kind of building on students' uh, life skills and, and learning for life kinds of approaches. Yeah, and I mean, I think that when you think about uh, translating those skills into the academic setting, I think it's only going to make our students stronger. Um, you know, no matter no matter what uh, academic task is is asked of them after those experiences, you know, I think they'll be able to cope better. I think they'll be able to collaborate better. I think they'll know where to seek resources and assistance if they need it better, um, because frankly, they've had to do that now. Um, so, you know. I think it's an exciting time to be in public education because we have, we have the ability to, um, you know, identify the silver linings of this experience, right? And keep those, keep those when we return to normal. We don't have to throw everything out. Um, you know, I, I don't see my virtual PTA meetings going away. My increase in participation has been phenomenal. I don't know why I didn't do that. 10 years ago. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just one little example of, of, I think, I really think this is a huge opportunity for us in the field to say, okay, what are some things that we didn't like that we don't have to bring back? And what are some things that we didn't have that we learned that we now want to bring back? So, 
you know, and of course, the, the manner in which you go about that has to be, you know, has to be done with fidelity, has to be done in the best interest of the student. But, um, but I think all in all, I think that is, that's the mindset that I want to have moving into this summer and into the fall. Sure. Now, are, what, what are you anticipating might be some of the challenges to implementing uh, a summer program like you're, like you're talking about? Are there things that you have to be thinking about that maybe you wouldn't normally have to think about in a, in a traditional summer program? Well, I mean, I, because it's a fairly new concept and, you know, we've never really done it here before, the introduction of a new change, a new program is always something that can be threatening or, or pose questions for people. So, you know, right now I'm, I'm having those conversations. We're vetting those questions. We're clarifying the purpose. We're trying to determine, you know, the how, the when, the structure of it, which frankly, mm -hmm. during the summer, uh, you have more flexibility. Uh, you, you, you have you have a lot less uh, parameters that you have to worry about. Um, so, so it's, at, you know, it's, it's great because you're starting from almost a blank slate, creating something that hasn't existed before. So um, we'll work through it. You know, there's some logistical questions on who's actually going to deliver the instruction. How are we going to make that equitable among all of our counselors and social worker staff? Um, I plan on instructing some classes uh, because I want to be involved in the effort. I think it's good stuff. So yeah. I'd rather spend my summertime uh, working with kids and developing their social emotional skills as opposed to some of the other managerial stuff that has to get done over the summer. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I, that's basically right now some of the uh, things that I'm anticipating. One of the other exciting uh, opportunities that I'm also going to try to uh, incorporate into this program development is because uh, we as a district participate and send students to Tech Valley High School, uh, we have an opportunity potentially to partner with them for some professional development and, and, and uh, um, uh, you know, program development over the summer. So right. I'm already, I'm already in consult, you know, communication with the principal of Tech Valley High School, Dr. Haralchuk, to see if uh, we can pull together some of our resources and some of their assets over the summer can help help uh, our our folks here design some meaningful programming for middle school kids. So, yeah, and and you know, in thinking about. <clears throat> the, the program that you're talking about are, are, are there do you have like some models or some prior experiences with this kind of program that you're looking to kind of maybe build off of rather than you know starting from scratch we participated uh, we work with a group called sweethearts and heroes which is a character education program that a few years back we brought into the middle school uh, two former PE teachers uh, created the program a few years back, mm -hmm. uh, character ed based, um, suicide prevention, a little bit, um, but more anti-bullying. Uh, this year, we uh, had an opportunity. Uh, there was a local business owner who picked up, uh, they created a series of Flipgrid lessons. Uh, focus this year on social emotional health and character education. So our counselors and social workers uh, have been reviewing some of those uh, opportunities to see if we can embed some of that. Um, they also recently uh, were reviewing some other materials that they found uh, from Castle uh, that they were looking to see whether or not they could implement that into some of the programming. So uh, it's exciting because I think that um, you know, the concept and this conversation sort of happened from ground roots, right? The grassroots. There's a lot of people in my building, I'm very fortunate, who are talking about how are we going to get our learners 
prepared and back on track to be successful. So um, it's a conversation that I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not the only one having, which is making it easier in terms of how do we solve this problem? Um, so, you know, collectively, we, we are going to put our heads together and solve this problem to make it better for our kids. Cause that's what uh, I'm very fortunate. That's what we do here at Farnsworth. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds a lot like uh, Cotter's theory of change and the first step in, in in that process is urgency right you have to have a sense of urgency and it sounds like people have that sense of urgency you didn't have to create it it's already been created by the nature of the experience over the last year and so you can as a leader you can kind of capitalize on that sense of urgency and perhaps maybe that moves people a little bit quicker to want to look for different alternatives to uh, provide students with experiences to ease them back into the next school year. So that's uh, uh, an interesting uh, aspect of this, I think, right? I think there's <laughs> Absolutely. A, there's natural urgency built in. And, and it's great that I don't have to create the sense of urgency because that <laughs> takes quite a bit of effort, as you know, uh, in change theory. So, I mean, and, and to your point, that that's why it's just a matter of me identifying the right people to bring to the table to collaborate to make this program happen. So now that uh, now that we have a potential partnership with Tech Valley High School, you know, I, I think it could uh, I think it could really bode well for, for all participants, both the teachers involved as well as the students who will access the programming. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a, an excellent partnership. You know, I think one of the conversations that will likely come up when when people are around the table talking about the program is how how do we keep both students and, and adults engaged and what does that really look like? And so, you know, as you're thinking about that, what what are you, what are your thoughts? I mean, you obviously have, you know, as you have observed classrooms in the past and even, you know, over this past year where, you know, you're probably looking at in some cases, virtual classrooms or hybrid classrooms, things of that nature. You know, what do you look for in terms of engagement? What, what's, you know, what are kind of some of the keys that you're looking at? Well, when I walk into a classroom, I want to see activity. I want to see movement. I want to see hear and see two-way dialogue. Um, I want to see risk-taking happening. I want to, you know, I also want to see potentially some frustration happening. Um, and some students working through some problems and challenges, both independently and together. Um, you know, I, I, I envision utilizing some of the resources that we have on hand on campus. I mean, we already have a, a summer butterfly station program. We have an organic garden that we operate uh, program over the summer. Um, so I, I think that, you know, adding more opportunities that are enriching that are high interest to our kids i mean we can't we, we have so many kids who want to be involved in our butterfly station summer program in organic garden we have to have a application process so okay. um you know i mean it's 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 quality and meaningful activities that students want to do so right. uh, it, it makes it easy for for us to to have that captive audience and and I also am very fortunate we have teachers who who are amazing at what they do and in terms of creating that relationship with the student and before you know it the students are eating out of their hand if uh, you know so right. they understand the value of that relationship building and the value of you know giving students some choice of their own learning and then letting them fly, like getting out of their way. 
Um, and, and that's what I like to see when I walk into classrooms. And that's what I hope to see in the summer, summer program. Well, I'm glad you, you mentioned the word choice because certainly we know from the research that choice and voice are important parts of student engagement. And you know, certainly it sounds like you're looking to build that in. One of the things you mentioned was that, that because of the demand, there, there's a limitation to the number of students who could participate in the, in the pro, summer programs that you have been running, like the butterfly program. Are, are there going to be limitations to the summer program that you're considering uh, for accelerating learning? You know, we talked about that uh, at our last planning meeting, and I said um, it would be a really good problem if we have more kids than we can accommodate in one three-hour session. Mm -hmm. it, would be a, it would be a good problem for us to have to have two sessions a day as opposed to one session a day. So at this time, I mean, I'm going into it thinking, hey, th this program will be available. Let's see how many students will access it. And then if we have to make adjustments, we can make adjustments from there. Um, but I would like to be, I mean, especially in its first year, um, you know, I'd like to see how many kids would want to do something like that. Sure. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it, it remains to be seen, right? But it sounds like it's pretty, a pretty exciting opportunity. And I would imagine you're going to have a lot of students that are going to want to be a part of it. What do you think, what are you looking for in terms of outcomes for students who attend the summer program? What, what are you hoping for? Like if you could pinpoint one or two things that you would really like to say, this is what I really hope as outcomes for uh, the, the students that attend, what would that be? I would want um, them after the first two weeks of in-person school to, to be uh, in a more student ready position than they were if they had not participated in the summer program. So, you know, middle school students coming into the building, you know, some of them, it doesn't take too long to transition. Some of them, it takes very long to transition. My concern is some of these kiddos who haven't been here, um, how, how quick is it going to take for them to transition to the, to the habits and the, and the routines of school again? Mm -hmm. So if, if we can identify kids to come to that summer programming and then meet with them after the first two weeks and say, hey, how you doing? Uh, how's it going? Um, are you overwhelmed? You know, how are you juggling your different platforms? Uh, do you have any other, uh, you know, needs that we can meet at this point? Um, that's what I would want to see. I would want to see a smooth, easy transition for some kids that we anticipate may not have that if we don't get our hands on them beforehand. Sure, so, sure. And transitions are, are critically important. We know that yep. um, when students have smooth transition, that that equates to success in school. And when they have a poor transition, that can really, you know, create a domino effect of, of things going in the wrong direction. So certainly transition is critically important here. Yep. So uh, is there anything that I didn't ask you that um, you were thinking you'd love to talk about in regards to this topic that, that I, I just didn't get around to it? Um, no, I mean, I just think that, um, 
you know, doing this type of acceleration and sort of enrichment during the summer, I think provides students with opportunities during the school year that they may not have. Now, you know, I mean, at the middle level, you know, there, there's not too much electives that, that students can take during the school year per se. So it's not like freeing them up too much. But, you know, this concept at the high school level could also open up lots of different doors for high school students and the ability for them to take programming during the school year that they may not have had an opportunity to. Um, you know, at one point in my career as a high school principal, we were offering accelerating courses through Columbia Green Community College for high school kids where they were getting co-green credit. They were finishing high school, you know, required courses during the summer so that they could free up themselves to take IB courses during the school year. So I think this concept can be done in lots of different ways and applied in lots of different settings. And I also think it's K-12. I don't think it's just germane to, uh, to the secondary level, so. Yeah, and it sounds like this is something that really kind of came out of what you've learned over the last year as, you know, challenging as the year's been. There, there have been opportunities, I think, for everyone to learn a lot about how we educate students and how we might educate students differently going forward. And this sounds like maybe that that this has kind of come from probably a lot of that experience and thinking. Do you do you project beyond this summer and maybe even beyond this school year that this kind of of change in approach might be something that becomes more permanent and expands in terms of how we offer education for our students? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I, th I know that that we will continue to 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 push the envelope in this area and try to find ways to engage kids in enriching ways outside of the normal program. Um, you know, uh, we're always looking for ways to do that. So, yeah, I, I hope that this is, you know, this is one of the lessons that we've learned and that, you know, we in the field can change our approach a bit to meet these new demands. Um, I would argue the demands were there. The pandemic just exacerbated it and made everybody see it. So now, now that we're all aware, I don't think we can go back to the way it was. Yeah, um, I'm hoping that we don't. I'm hoping we go back to something better. We, we build and create something better. And I applaud you for your efforts in moving in that direction. And uh, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. I know you're, you're busy and you know, you're wearing multiple hats. So we do appreciate you taking the time to, to be with us and, and talk about this important topic and sharing your experiences. And we wish you the best for uh, the remainder of the school year. Hope everything finishes up smoothly for you. Awesome, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to share. And if, uh, if I can answer any other questions, let me know, okay? Great, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, take right. care.